My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, our Sunday School. This is week seven of Second Thessalonians. And for those of you keeping track at home, this is the last week of Second Thessalonians. So these short series, I still have a hard time kind of getting into sometimes after, after the longer ones. They're, it's almost like we just touch down and then lift off again. So I'll give you a second to find uh, Second Thessalonians uh, in your Bible. The one that I read out of typically on Sunday mornings is only one page long, so it's easy to it's easy to skip past, but quite a bit of wonderful material in there. So we'll go through, and today we'll read all of Second Thessalonians chapters one, two, and three, uh, and then we'll talk about today's text, which just is the last three verses. We'll talk a bit about what we've learned, uh, and then I've got a couple testimonies that are coming, which I'm excited about that today. So. Uh, as as way of making sure that I remember to say thank you, thanks to Dave Barber for uh, all the sound and audio work here. Um, he's got us set up today so that I don't have to switch mics, which is really nice. We have a, a handheld mic over here for the testimony, so that's kind of a, a... It may seem like a small thing, but it's a big thing to me, so I appreciate your work in this space. So if you found Second uh, Thessalonians, or if you haven't, we'll start reading, and uh, maybe you can catch up as we go. So chapter 1, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer. Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be too soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that 
He sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion, that they should believe the lie, and that they may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But... We are bound to give thanks to God always for you, beloved brethren, by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth, to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself And our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified, just as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we command you. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. But we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow us. For we were not disorderly among you, Nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge, but worked with labor and toil night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you, not because we do not have authority, but to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. For we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. Now those who are such, we command and exhort through our Lord Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. And if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with him, that he may be ashamed. Yet do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Now, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. The salutation of Paul with my own hand, which is a sign in every epistle, so I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. I've come to love this little letter. There's a lot of encouragement in this letter. And uh, for me, the fact that Paul stops every few paragraphs and prays for these people is very encouraging. He can't get through more than about 60 seconds of writing without praying for these folks. And to me, that illustrates his love for the people that he's writing to. 
Because this is not just some miscellaneous group that he doesn't care for. He lived among these people and walked among these people and cared for these people and worked with these people and invested his time in these people and that mattered to him. And he remembered them and he told them that he remembered them and he prayed for them often. And for me, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. So he finishes this letter with a prayer and with encouragement for the Thessalonians. Now, let's look at, uh, so if you've got your Bibles, look at chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. And we're looking for any repeated words as we go through here. So any, <clears throat> any repeated words. And I've listed several there for you. So you've got with and you and all and every in peace. But there's one more. Lord, that's right, that's your blank. Lord is your blank. If you've got your handout, that's your first blank on your handout. If you don't have a handout, that's still the first blank on the handout. Sorry. Uh, so look at, look at this text again, verses 16 through 18, and I'm going to ask the opposite of this question that I've been asking every week for months now. What words are not repeated? There's two of them I want to key in on specifically. What word have you not heard in a long time since we read this letter? Paul. He introduced himself in verse 1. And then in the next last verse he mentioned it. And then the word I. And the pronouns matter in the Bible. They're not accidental. These are the exact pronouns we're supposed to have. But Paul didn't write this letter to brag about Paul and to exalt Paul and to tell them what he individually thought. This was a group that he traveled with, and it was we. And if, if you think about this, who was the celebrity among Paul and Timothy and Silas? Paul, right? And, and have you ever heard a celebrity uh, talk about themselves... Yes. Does the celebrity typically talk about the support staff very often? Not a lot. But all throughout this letter, it's we and us and we and us and we and us and not a bunch of I. And the only time he uses I is when he's talking about his signature that he put on the letter to demonstrate authenticity. He's saying, this is how you know this is from me. You know my handwriting. Which is, if you think about it, a pretty intimate knowledge of someone. When you can look at someone, write their name, and you know, yep, that's real. You guys ever watch, uh, this is probably not the best example, but this is where I'm going, uh, Pawn Stars? Yes, you know the show I'm talking about? It's, uh, it's Pawn Store in uh, Vegas, and they get like a spectacular array of things that come into the pawn shop, and they're asked to appraise them. And they, people want to sell them to the pawn shop, and whenever there's a signature that comes into the pawn shop, what do they do? They just look and go, oh, yeah, I know that. I know that. Absolutely. Let's just start shelling out hundreds, right? Yeah, they need somebody to authenticate that. So they have an expert that comes in who has studied handwriting, which of all the things that you could study in your life, like I actually think the degree that I have in mathematics is more exciting than handwriting. I think I, think I actually have them beat there, right? Because at least we have pretty charts and graphs, right? There's something that you can look at. 
It's just handwriting. And what amazes me is these people come in, these experts, they come in, and they take one look, and they go, oh, yeah, yeah the slope of this line, that's absolutely, this is, and I can tell you what year this was probably done, because this person's signature changed over time. And I'm going, you, you not only know the signature, but you know how it changed over time. That's incredible. These people knew him well enough to recognize his signature. This is not a haphazard, not really sure about our relationship arrangement. This is an intimate knowledge of somebody. So I don't want to miss that fact as we move through. And so he's closing, and and his true typical Paul, he closes like nine times, right? So you heard the finally uh, in chapter 3, verse 1, and um, the now brethren in chapter 2, verse 1, you kind of never... it feels like if he's flying a plane, he starts to swoop down toward the landing strip. He's like, no, I'm not ready. I've got a few more things to say. And then now he actually lands the plane in verses 16 through 18. So let's look at these words real quick. <clears throat> so now may the Lord, the curios, the ruler, the commander of peace. And this word means uh, peace and prosperity, one, quietness, rest, to be set at one again. That's your next blank, one. To be set at one again. Anybody ever broken a bone? I'm going to hold on to the uh, pulpit while I talk about this. If my knuckles turn solid white, Amy, you are to smack me upside the head and pretend that I am uh, being killed by an electric charge that I can't let go of. So if you've ever uh, broken a bone, uh, what has to happen after you break the bone, Sean? you got to set it. And the doctor just picks whatever formation he wants, right? I mean, it's just whatever the formation of the day is, he just scrolls through the whatever book the doctors look through to know how to do this and picks the shape, and yeah, this is going to be the new shape. Oh, femur. Oh, my goodness. Of course. There you go. Thank you. Yep, there it goes. All right. Those of you that are new to class, I get really uh, lightheaded and feeling like I'm going to pass out when I talk about too much medical stuff, but it's literally a medical thing. It's to set it one again. Um, because if you've ever had a broken bone, until it gets fixed, there is a significant degree of pain and discomfort, and you really can't focus on anything else until that is resolved. Right? I mean, that's just kind of how this works. And that's what this word is. It's the peace of being at one again, so that there's not a brokenness, which I think is a great word to use to describe Uh, the way the gospel works is that there is a peace that comes from the gospel because things are set at one. Things are rejoined in a way that they are supposed to be. It is not as, as broken as it was earlier. So verse 16, now may the Lord of peace himself give. Now, what do verses, what does verse 16 sound like? If you just read it on its own, now may the Lord of peace give himself always in every way the Lord be with you all. What does that sound like? If we just pulled that out and put it on a, uh, perhaps a card, what would that sound like? Sounds like a, a, a blessing and a prayer, right? Right, so this is what this is. This is the uh, second aorist active optative, O-P-T-A-T-I-V-E. This is that I think there's an opportunity, but it's, it's, it's not as sure as a subjunctive, but it's, it's out there. Uh, for those of you who might not be familiar with this, the... Um, uh, every Greek verb has a, a, a mood that it has relative to the relationship to the truth of a thing. So if I say, Skip is sitting in the chair, 
that's the indicative mood, right? I'm just, it's a statement of fact. I, as the author of those words, believe that to be true. If I say, skip, stand up. Thank you. That is an imperative. That's a command, right? So I'm, I'm like in charging you to do something. If I say, I think Skip can sit down. Now, that wasn't a command, right? But it was a statement that I believe there's a possibility and a probability that something can happen. That's the subjunctive. And if I say, I think, and you can almost hear it in my voice, I think that Skip can dance an iris jig on the table. <laughs> now, that, that look in his face is optative. That's the, mm, maybe, yeah, possibly. But thank you, you can have a seat. Uh, but this tone is typically the tone that we take in prayer. It's not a, God, you will do this. Like, ooh, let's, let's be careful when we tell God to do things, right? It's, we're not the sovereign king of the universe. He is. Uh, so Paul prays here in the optative mood. And this is actually what I found from, from reading this and a couple other uh, resources, that when you see the optative mood, that's one of the ways that you know Paul's actually praying. He says, he's tipping his hand saying, I'm actually in the middle of a prayer here. And he does it quite a bit. So may the Lord of peace give uh, you peace, same word earlier in 16, always in every way or in every turn or in every conversation, in every means, in every style, the Lord be with you all. Now look at that last little sentence, the Lord be with you all. Is there any word that looks differently than any other word? B, B's in what? Italics, right? Which means it's added. It's not there in the original. It's there for us in English so that it makes sense in English when we read it. But literally, it's just the Lord with you all. It's a statement. It's not really a wish. It's just a statement. The Lord with you all. You could easily say the Lord is with you all. So let me ask you a question. Where does peace come from? What does the text say? Where's peace come from? Yeah, the Lord himself, right? So, so our God is described as the Lord of peace. Well, that's pretty awesome. Because if we are going to, as his children, spend eternity with him, I am glad that he is not described here as the Lord of war. So let's have all of eternity, we're going to be at war. That's pretty rough. No, no, no. This is the Lord of peace. And only the Lord of peace can give peace. Certainly can only give peace always in every way. So in whatever situation, in whatever mode, in whatever style, wherever you are. And I think there's something interesting about where Paul puts this particular prayer. Because this prayer comes after comforting them that they didn't miss the second coming back in chapter 1. It comes after multiple other prayers for them and their spiritual health. It comes after reminding them that at the end of it all, Jesus will reign. It comes after encouraging them to stand fast and praying for Paul and his friends. It comes after warning them not to be busybodies earlier in chapter 3, but to work hard for Jesus. This prayer is the best Paul can do after everything else he's said so far in this letter. And what's he pray for? He prays for Jesus' peace and presence. He's covered a lot of ground so far. And he's going to end with, the Lord's with you. Because, I'll be honest, you're going to have good days, and you're going to have bad days, and the Lord's going to be with you. And that's a wonderful constant. That's the best thing that Paul could hope or pray for. And we have it, too. And we have it every way, 
and it always. On the best day we have Jesus, on the worst day we have Jesus, I hope we never get over that. And then he goes into verse 17, and I've talked a little about this already, but the salutation of Paul, and Paul's name means little, which I think is one of the great ironies of the Bible, because he was one of the greatest authors. Uh, the salutation of Paul with my own hand, which is a sign or an indication or a token in every epistle, epistolae, it's a letter. Um, so in this way, I write, I grapho, I, I describe things via writing. Now, this would have been unusual um, for the author to sign unless there were fakes and forgeries going around. And this is one of the ways that Paul kept fakes and forgeries down because he actually physically signed this document. Now you know this is his. But if he, if he really only signed verse 17, like who was writing the rest of it? Yeah, there's a scribe. Yeah, an amanuensis. This is the person that, like, God breathed through Paul, and Paul spoke out the words, and there was somebody sitting at a table who was physically writing out the words that Paul was saying. And I've joked many times that, you know, Paul never, never met a period that he liked. So um, I wonder how many times the amanuensis was like, no, 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 hang on, hang on, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. How many commas can I put? Now, they didn't have commas in Greek, but they were very, very long sentences. Uh, so this is the part that Paul wrote, the salutation with his own hand. He wrote his name. And then he ends with verse 18, which is the grace, the charis, the, the graciousness, the joy, the thanks of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, the our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Now I want to notice something because I want you to flip over to, uh, flip back to chapter 1 in verse 2. Is that it? Yep. How's he start? Grace and peace. And he ends with what? Peace and grace. This is like a grace and peace sandwich. Right here is what this letter is. And he fits all kinds of awesome stuff in the middle. But that's, that is what Second Thessalonians is. So if you, if you come to the place in your life where you need a healthy dose of peace and grace... 2 Thessalonians is a great place to go. All right, so we've got a couple different things here down at the bottom. So it may be on the, the back side of your hand now. So the application. So what's the point? Um, application number one is only the Lord of peace can give peace. And there's, there's a lot of personalizations you can run from this, right? Because, I mean, how many of us have searched for something, searched for peace somewhere else other than God? Like, oh, if I... If I have this thing, or if I do this thing, or if I get this title, or if I have that position, or if I go to this place, or if I'm with this person, or if I can approach this thing this way, then I'll have peace. No, because the further we get away from the Scripture and the Lord of the Scripture, the further away we are from peace. This is just very simple. Like This is theology 101. Only the Lord of peace can give peace. So what do we do with that? Personalize number one, pray for Jesus to provide peace. So if Paul prayed for it, feels like a pretty good example. Let's pray for peace for each other. This is a good thing. Uh, and then number two, being reminded of Jesus' presence is a good thing. So what do we do with that? Remind each other of Jesus' presence. A lot of times when people are going through a hard time, uh, a very common thing, especially if you go to a funeral or a 
visitation or somebody's in the hospital, the, the most common phrase that you'll hear is, I don't know what to say. I'm just sorry. Okay, well, that's, that might be true. Let me give you some words. God hasn't left you. You don't have to preach a sermon. God hasn't left you. Jesus is still here. I'm praying. And then you can say, I'm so sorry, I don't know what else to say. That's fine. You can tack that on the end. But make sure we remind each other, hi, my name is Jim. I need to be reminded that God has not left us. This is good. Because he hasn't. And that's great news. This is not just, oh, this is some academic treatise that we look through and we read and everything is fine. No, 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 no. God hasn't left you. Like, that's really good news. This is fantastic. Like, you tell me what's better news today than that. I dare you to open up the newspaper and try to, you won't find it today, that's for sure. Open up the newspaper and find any better news than God hasn't left you. No. As good as I can do. So let's remind each other of that. All right, and then application number three, praying for other believers is a good thing as Paul models here over and over and over and over again in this tiny little letter. So let's get busy, what? Praying for other believers. All right, now, um, as an example of praying for other believers, I have asked uh, our three returning missionaries, so you can put that on your resume now. It's pretty awesome, right? That is awesome. I mean, literally, that's what you did. Thank you for that. That's pretty fantastic. So sometimes, I'll just share my heart for just a second. Sometimes uh, I get up and I speak and I teach and I teach and I teach and I look and I wonder, I'm like, is this, like, is anybody listening? Does this make sense? And then I see three guys from my class jump up and get on a plane with Daryl <clears throat> and go to Honduras. <laughs> which I still struggle finding on a map. So this is not like a geography list. So I've, I got their flag. <laughs> so that's it. So I'm going to ask uh, Skip and uh, David and Mike to come on up. And I want to tell our, our Sunday school class, thank you for helping us. I'm a mic, even though I am a mic. Um, <laughs> we, uh, 19 of us went to um, uh, Honduras couple of weeks ago, and we left around 5 o'clock in the morning, uh, and we did have Daryl. Um, this time he made it on the plane. Last time he did not. Uh, this is my second trip, um, and it, we, I was a laborer. I was pretty much, I worked from the neck down. Uh, we had some really good guys that were able to do um, exceedingly well, um, and we left at 5 o'clock in the morning. We flew to, uh, we went to Atlanta, flew to uh, uh, San Pedro Sula. Uh, we rode a bus to Los Esperanza, which was about four hours away. Um, and it's a beautiful country, but the whole point of this was to save souls. And so what we did is we built a, well, the, the walls were up. Uh, we put uh, windows, uh, rafters, roofing. Uh, <clears throat> we put uh, the floor and then part of the sidewalk in. And in the meantime, one of my favorite lines was Skip said, hey, 21 souls were saved and we built a school. It was kind of neat. Um, and one of the things that we struggle with there, um, people, the local church does not like us at all. And there's stories that Daryl really needs to tell you guys. Uh, the team that went before us, 
the local priest was threatening to cut off arms and legs and appendages for uh, the children just because we wanted to have Sunday school and Bible, Bible study and stuff like that. So these are things that we need to be praying for, for these people. Uh, they're ostracized um, from their community. There's about 400 people. And we have a clicker here. I'm, this one, center, to the right. This is Gerardo. And again, I'm going to let these guys go over most of this. Um, he is the missionary that we, we deal with. And uh, we are here to work for him because he has to gain respect to go out and, and tell the people about about us, um, about Christ. This is the, the church that we helped build uh, previously. Uh, and this, the last year I went, there was about half of those people there. Uh, and it was full this year. Oops. And I'm really going to let these guys speak, you know, from here. Um, but please keep these guys in prayer. It is, it's got to be frightening. Uh, there's 400 people in this, in this community. There's about 125 children. We, we took pictures, and it was around 70-something, 70 75, uh, that we saw. And they're very loving, very, they couldn't believe. Um, and Daryl wanted us to express this one last thing, um, that our church would send people, money, time, resources, product, uh, you know, paying for all this. And they cannot get over this. Why did we do this? And it's all about Christ. This is, this is the reason we're here. We, and again, we might not ever see these guys again until we get to heaven. Uh, and it's, it's really, it's humbling to think about that. But I'll turn it over. Morning, everyone. Um, first, again, I'd like to thank you guys as far as the Sunday school class, your prayers, the financial support you've given us and things like that. None of this would have been possible without you folks. Um, as Daryl said, this is one of the givenness selflessness churches that he served and um, honestly I don't know if I was going to be able to make it down there because of the cost and things like that uh, things going on at work and then all of a sudden next thing I know hey you're funded you're paid for I'm like what what's going on I'm very surprised and uh, that was a true blessing and honestly when I found out about it I called my wife and was crying actually so it really truly blessed me um, this was my second trip down there. Uh, how we got in this community is really amazing. I'll tell you a little bit of the story of how we actually got into this community. Uh, part of it was through Gerardo and his church that he has there. His, one of the missionaries he's been talking with and one of the people there, um, his sister's wife's brother-in-law is in this community. Again, it's heavily Catholicism down there. They are very much like, no, this is the way you're going to do it, or you're not going to get blessed and go to heaven. Pretty much it's the way, way it is down there, and, and that's the way it is. Um, they were over at someone's house doing talking and things like this, and they came up and said, hey, the priest is needing us to do this, that, and the other. And they said, well, this is not what my Bible says. And they're like, what do you mean? This is what the priest is telling us. And he goes, well, let me show you. He pulls out his Bible, shows them in the Bible what he is actually telling us. And this is actually how we got into this community. It's only by the grace of God we got there. So that is amazing in and itself of how this actually opened up. This is actually the school that we actually built. It's 45 
by 35. There's actually dividers in this classroom. We even got a picture of Daryl actually doing some work while we're down there as well. So that's an amazing in its own feat. So, I had um, to make sure that made it into the PowerPoint and was documented for all time. So <laughs> boom. So Daryl actually did some work. It was only maybe half a day, but we got him do some, doing some work. Um, this is guys up on the rafters and things like this. All this stuff has to be hand built. Um, the wood's not always straight. It's not always that pretty, but actually when you get down, it doesn't actually look that bad. Um, we also had to put flooring in as well, and they make a concrete floor, and all the concrete is mixed on the ground, and then it's a bucket brigade taking it into the school building, putting it down, leveling it out, and believe it or not, it's really level when they get done. It's very surprising how they do and how their craftsmanship is down there. It's be very amazing. Uh, this is here on here where they're mixing on the ground, and then this you can see here where they're actually, we poured it onto the floor. Um, this is the meeting that we had after the class was done of all the kids. This gentleman here, you'd say, is the principal. Uh, his name is Roberto. And then, of course, you got Gerardo and Danny and the rest of us up there uh, listening to us. He's giving it. And this is the school kids that they have down below as well. So this is, like I said, it was truly amazing. All that dirty shell on the left, top left inside, that was actually made into concrete. So that was pretty cool on how we did all that. And this is kind of the finished product that you see there. Those doors actually slide back so they can open up the whole room in case they need to make a larger classroom. Um, as a FYI, most Honduran kids do not go past the third grade. And this classroom is actually going to be for an eighth grade class and a first grade class. So it's pretty amazing. Yep. Hey, guys. Good morning. Um, thank you, Jim, for allowing us to come up and, and present our mission trip. Um, some of this will be echoing what David and Mike said, um, but first of all, as Mike said, glory to God. I mean, we couldn't have done this without him. Um, and second, thank you to you guys. Um, as David said, without you guys' support and prayers, um, this couldn't have happened as well. So this was my first trip. I feel a little ill-prepared compared to Mike and David coming up here with their iPads. Um, I have no notes, so I'll wing it. But kind of like uh, my trip down there, I was a little ill-prepared, and Daryl always talks about there's a place to serve for everyone, so I know this might be TMI, but I'm going to say it anyway, so I didn't take enough underwear, or, <laughs> or socks, or pants, <laughs> so while I was out to work one day, one of the gentlemen grabbed my bag of dirty laundry and did laundry for me, and I came back thinking, well, let's see, I'm going to take a shower, and I guess I'll be rainbow from here on. Well, I looked up on my bunk and there was a stack of all clean clothes, so thank you for that person who did that. But um, David mentioned a little bit on how we got into this community, and it is totally amazing, um, you know, how we were get to get into there just from somebody having a Bible, having it presented, the gospel presented to them, and knowing that we need to be in the Word and only the Word. And that is the truth. Um, so the community, again, is small. Um, people are becoming more open. Um, it, it is hard for them to be, but um, the literacy rate has improved quite a bit over the last 20 years, which is really helping uh, the gospel spread because people can now read for themselves and can make those decisions on their own. Um, even though the local church down there is very uh, oppressive, 
people want to believe in what's right of, of the Word of God. Um, so let me go through some of these pictures. Back here, this was um, a gathering just um, after their presentation of gratitude. It's just a real quick backup. It was so amazing to me on the last day there. They brought all the school together. Some of the local community people came together. All the teachers were there. Um, all of us laborers were there. And they gave a presentation to us on their gratitude for us to come down there and help them. They were completely amazed that we would leave everything we have to come down there and help them build this school with no strings attached. And they're not used to that. You know, they're used to either the state having some sort of string attached or the local church having some sort of string attached. Uh, they were, um, several of them were saying prayers for us to be more blessed when we come back to the United States. I mean, we're more blessed anyways. Um, we can flush paper down the toilet. They can't do that, you know I mean? There's so many things, um, and they are praying for us and our families to be blessed. Um, and it's just, it's amazing. You know, it's very heart touching to see the gratitude, um, their hospitality, you know, everything that they, they uh, are thankful for, um, including us. Um, so I, I think quick count, there's about 120 students, and as one of the guys said, uh, you know, the, the, the school, um, I believe is uh, K through nine. Um, after nine, you go to, um, the state doesn't provide public school anymore, so you would have to go to a private school to continue your education up through 12th grade. Um, here's uh, Mike and I getting ready, I believe, to probably go to work. The background is the compound where we stay. You saw a picture of Gerardo earlier, which is our local pastor down there, who houses all the incoming missionaries. This is the community that we went to called La Haas. Um, here's some pictures. Top left is um, their kitchen. This is their cafeteria kitchen where they cook their breakfast and lunch. Uh, top right is them making um, concrete again on the ground. This is, um, so we built these trusses um, on the ground from scrap, or from, you know, just regular lumber, and then uh, lifted them up, up on the top and flipped them over and, and anchored them. Here's some more of the concrete pouring. Uh, this was all done by five-gallon buckets. When I say pouring, it's more like dumping. I don't know how many buckets it took, but I know that there was only three shovelfuls in the bucket due to the weight. So, I, again, it's a lot. This is uh, the, one of the local guys making sand for the mortar. So a big pile of gravel that David showed you. They take and throw that up against this sifter, and it sifts out the sand, and the rocks fall in another direction. Um, here we are making our own tools. We didn't have trowels, so we made our own trowels. Um, they're very creative up there. Um, almost uh, MacGyver-like. Uh, I heard a story of where we didn't have a drill bit, uh, not on this trip, but another trip. Miguel, who's kind of the lead contract guy, he took a long nail and a hammer and shaped it into a drill so we could drill holes in, in the wood. It's pretty unique. This uh, top left is uh, the church that we were getting ready to go into on Sunday morning after we got there. This is at the uh, school ground uh, with the teacher and his kids. This is first grade. These uh, these kids, I don't know exactly what their uh, semesters are, but they'll be going into that new building. That's their old building behind them. 
again, another picture of the church. I don't know if you guys were here to see, but this is a picture of some of uh, the guys from Stuart Heights um, and the kids after the finished product. This picture down here is us uh, paying the locals. So every day, some of the locals would come and help us. Um, and the community leader would choose which local that may be. And then we paid them with this five-gallon bucket and some food, five pounds of beans, rice, sugar, Crisco. Um, and that bucket, well, the food, I know it lasted them at least a week. You, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I know it was, it was quite a good pay for them. The biggest prize for them is the bucket because it's obviously a multi-purpose tool down there for them. From my understanding, they just got electricity in that area two months prior to us going out, which is totally amazing. That's like, you know, pioneer days for us. Uh, in the background is just um, some more of their buildings of that school. And bottom right, oops, this is Gerardo and, and part of his family, his wife, um, Sonia, and his daughter, Deanna. She's 16, she's getting ready to graduate high school and then she'll go off to college for Brother Davie goes to college uh, down the mountain about two hours. This is us doing a Bible study at lunch. These are the kids lined up at that outdoor um, cooking area that I showed you. This, they're lined up for lunch. Here's some kids playing soccer. Their soccer field is, is not very level or very soft if you were to fall. Um, it's all rutted, you know, rain. Uh, gullies and such. This is us loading the bus with the windows. Down here is just uh, looking out from the school area. This is looking out going down to the school and it was an hour and a half ride to get there every day in Bath, one way. Hour of it being on a dirt goat trail pretty much. Uh, deep ruts in the road, narrow, you know, drop offs on one side. Very dry and dusty. But this white jagged line back in here is a road similar to what we were we were going on each day. And it looks like that was it. Um, oh, I, I was going to just mention, and, and I think one of the other guys mentioned too, so the community relations was really one of our important moves on this. Um, the school is actually state-owned. So we understand the, um, the pressure that the individuals there have from their local church. We don't want to just barge in and you know ostracize them completely. So we went in to build this church to, to kind of start that uh, community relations. Even though the school is owned by the state um, and it was guaranteed by uh, individuals of the state, incoming presidents and such of <coughs> that, and they just never built it. So we saw the need um, once we kind of got our foot in the door there with the Bible study by um, Fabio and his wife, or Catalina, sorry, and his wife. Um, and so, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to move uh, further with that. And, and in the Lord's plan, hopefully we'll have a, a church in there. So, again, thanks, guys, for all your support. Thank you, brothers. So, if you remember, how did it start? Yeah. Somebody looked at the book and stood up and said, that's not what this says. And if you ever want to know why every Sunday morning when you walk in these doors, we're going to stand up and we're going to look at the book and we're going to see what does it say. Because that's literally the only way to stay free from error. That's it. There's no other way. 
So if you're a member of this class, that's what you're going to get every single week, and that's what you know. If you're not a member of this class, that's what you're going to get every single week. So I'm so grateful for the three guys that went. We appreciate you. We prayed for you while you were there. We're glad that you're back, uh, and we're glad that you came back with stories of encouragement for us that literally flesh out what Paul talked about, that praying for other believers is a good thing. So don't forget to do that. And at this time is our table prayer time, so there's a weekly update sheet in the middle of your table. Uh, make sure your names are at the bottom of that. That's how we take attendance each week. And then uh, read over those prayer requests. Take a minute, pray over those. And then after you've prayed as a group, you are dismissed. Thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.